Let's have a little uh, verse here in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. I want to speak on dealing with put-downs, dealing with put-downs. And I want to give you some practical advice when I have a chance to minister to people. Dealing with put-downs. Who's been put down ever? Oh, one or two. <laughs> it's part of life, isn't it, eh? And, uh, but this, I want to share with you some things. That I want to pick it up from this morning and I encourage you to just uh, let your heart just be open to, to let God firstly help you see how you've responded to this, and secondly, what you can do to break out. Because at the end of the day, you'll either be where God has positioned you and you chose to agree with Him and stand there, or you'll be where other people put you. Think about that. You've, either, you've got to take responsibility for our life. Notice here it tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, the last half of it, it says, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life will reign in life. Now, that means you are wired to win when you get connected to Jesus Christ. When you and I connect our lives to Jesus Christ by faith, He implants His Spirit, His DNA in us, and you are wired to win in life. God has no plan for you to fail. He doesn't dream up plans whereby you can fail. He has one plan for you, and that is a plan that in every arena of life, you succeed, and no matter what is dished up to you, that you use that as a stepping stone and you come out on top at the end of it. See, God wants you to win. Notice he said those who receive, two things. Number one, those who receive the gift of righteousness. Or in other words, those who by faith have embraced Jesus Christ and come into a place of right standing with Him. The key to being able to walk a life that wins is our standing with God. Righteousness means I'm in right standing with God, no sin issues in the way, I'm accepted, loved, valued, I'm positioned for winning in life. Second thing, out of that position, I then need to access and receive words and power to live my life. So first, I've got to be in connection and maintain that connection. Secondly, I've got to learn how to draw from God what I need to cope with and handle and overcome things in life. And uh, this morning we're talking about put-downs in life. Let me define again a put-down for you. Put-down, uh, words or actions intended to humiliate or embarrass you or put you down. Put-downs are words or actions that are intended. Their intention is that you will be humiliated, your esteem will be lowered, you'll feel ashamed, embarrassed, you'll be put down. That's what you do to an old dog, eh? Put him down. Well, people do that to people. They put them down. And some cultures are very, very bad. We have in New Zealand, we are sharing this morning about a particular culture uh, of uh, the tall poppy syndrome. We just defined it this morning that a tall poppy is an interesting plant. It's a, got a long, narrow stem yeah, with a poppy, beautiful flower on the top. And a tall poppy is one that stands head and shoulders above everything else. And the tall poppy syndrome is the tendency in our culture to cut down anyone who excels or rises up or stands out in any kind of way. Now listen, if you connect with Jesus Christ and begin to listen to his dreams for your life, he will want you to stand up and become a tall poppy. He wants you to be one. We say, oh, I just want to blend in with the crowd. Where did you get that idea? You're called to represent heaven. You're not called to go with the crowd and blend in with the crowd. You're called to stand up and be different. You're called to stand up and bring something of God into the earth. 
We're not called to be short poppies. We're called to be tall poppies. We're called to stand up and stand out in life. See, so this tall poppy syndrome is literally what it does is it takes away the desire of people to excel and causes everyone to just become mediocre. Fit in with the crowd. Go with the flow where everyone else is going. Listen, you're not called to go with the flow. You're called to stand up and make your life count for something. Called to stand up and be different. Stand up and fulfill the course that God has for you. Now, the thing that happens is when we connect with God, when we connect with God and embrace His dreams for our life, there will be additional put-downs come just because of that. You have to understand that becoming how many found as a Christian, you get people make fun of you, put you down. Eh? How many know they're watching you? Eh? You make one mistake and they're onto you. Eh? Eh? That's a put-down. Okay? Because what they're trying to do is to take away from you the calling and the stature that God has implanted right there in your spiritual DNA. And you find that in Joseph in, uh, in Genesis chapter 45. Let's have a look at it, Genesis 37 and in verse 5. Just have a look at a couple of verses here. Just so you won't be surprised, if you begin to become a dreamer with God, if you begin to embrace God's dreams for your life, you're going to get some extra tall poppy syndrome dished up to you. So you'll learn how to handle it. Genesis 37, here it is here, verse 4, when uh, his brothers saw their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and couldn't speak peaceably to him, kept putting him down. And he had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more because of the God-given dream in his life. And his brothers, verse 8, said to him, shall you reign over us or have dominion over us? They hated him. Now notice this. They hated him even more because of his dreams and the words he spoke. When you begin to stand up and you live out the life God called you to and begin to speak out your dreams, you're going to have people come put you down. They will want to somehow stop you showing them up. They'll want somehow to bring you back down to where they are. But there's something in you that's different. You weren't designed by God to just flow with the crowd. You're designed to stand up and be different. And you've got to choose to embrace what God says, who you are and what you can do, and not let the world push you down and say you're nobody. You're somebody destined to rule, designed by God to rule. Now listen, there's some sources are put down. I want to share with you three sources of put-downs. I want to share with you briefly the impact on their life, but most importantly, how to get out of it when that put-down comes. It's already come, and it's going to come. Don't worry about it. It's a stepping stone. The giants are breads for you, okay? bread to grow you. So where do, where do uh, there, there be three, three sources of put-downs. Here's number one. The first source of, of put-downs really are demons. You understand that the devil has been put down, literally. The devil was in a realm or occupied a realm in the spirit, a positioning and relationship with God. And when he sinned, God put him down. And so he wears shame all the time. He wears put down all the time. And all he's got to give to you is more of the same. He wants to smother you with shame. He wants to smother you with feelings of being put down. He wants you to experience what he has experienced. See, he can't do anything to attack God, so he sets his target on the people God has designed to replace the devil's occupancy in the spirit. 
the people God has designed to arise and begin to occupy places in the Spirit and have dominion in the earth. The devil wants to put you down because he's envious you're occupying what he was called to occupy. So the first enemy we have are demonic spirits. The Bible says in Revelations 12 and verse 10, talks about the accuser of the brethren. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. That word accuser means one who, uh, the, the word devil means one who launches violent, abusive attacks against you. That's what the word devil means. It comes from a word bellow, to violently hurl fiery darts against you. The word devil also means to slander or to run you down in your character and your reputation by making false accusations against you. The devil, by nature, is wanting to put you down. Now, that, that, to, to put you down means to humiliate you so you actually experience shame. So I put it in a nutshell. You either walk in the glory God has for you, or you live in the shame that comes out of being fallen and under accusation. The devil wants you to live accused and ashamed. God wants you to live in glory. When Adam sinned, he lost his glory and felt ashamed, and he retreated and hid and lost his dominion. Jesus came to restore you by positioning you back in relationship with God where you have no need to have any shame. So it says the righteous, those who have no shame in the presence of God, are bold as a lion. So boldness is not something you feel. It comes out of knowing where you stand with God and living in His presence, feeling that I'm clothed with glory, knowing that His glory is over my life, that I carry His nature, His divine presence. I'm His representative. And see, so the devil's going to put you down. Here's the second one to put you down. People will try and put you down. Now, the devil tries to put you down. Notice when Jesus uh, was being tempted in the wilderness, the devil said, well, you're the son of God. Why don't you prove it? Why don't you do something? See? And so, but, the, but people will do it too. People will reflect the kingdom that rules in their heart. So if people are ruled by shame or ruled by being put down or ruled by demonic spirits, they will naturally reflect out of them what is in their heart. And so it's a tendency in people to put us down. And it's, uh, it's rooted in envy and it's rooted in the desire to control people to hold them down so we're on top of them, or to pull them down so we feel better about ourselves. So put-downs just come. And everywhere you get in schools, put-downs are very, very common. Very, very common. See? So it's a way of controlling people. And usually the way it's done is by words, words of abuse, name-calling, laughing and mocking and ridiculing, anything that will cause you to feel humiliated as a person. So, of course, if you're a Christian called by God to be an ambassador, naturally, even if you don't do anything, you will experience some ridicule. Because the devil knows that if he can get the ridicule to stick, you will be put down on the inside and you will never express what God called you to express. So when we allow ourselves to be put down, so you can't stop it coming, what you can do is decide whether you'll allow it to put you down. If you come into agreement with it and let it put you down, then you can never be what God called you to be. So one of the challenges in our walking with God and representing Him is how can I deal with the put-downs? People laugh at you. They laugh at you because of what you look like. 
They laugh at you because you're a woman. Laugh at you because you're a man. Laugh at you because you're, 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 you're smaller in your body. Laugh at you because your nose is big. Laugh at you for all kinds of reasons. There's all sorts of ways. And in schools particularly, the environment can be incredibly cruel to people. And I can remember vividly times in my own school years of being ridiculed and scorned and how painful it was. I can remember a teacher standing over me when I was in the seventh form and literally red in the face, shouting and abusing me and, and, and telling me I would never pass, I'd fail. That's put down. That's, that's, that's straight out of hell. That's a tongue on fire by hell itself. It is demonic. And it comes to people. And often people in positions of power will use their power to put others down so they can stay in that place of power. That's not godly leadership. In Asia, they have an issue called uh, scolding. We'd, we'd probably call it something different here. You know, got a growling or something like that. But it's actually more than just a growling. They actually use their position to speak and yell. They, they actually yell and yell and put people down. And, and it controls the Chinese people. I remember having an altar call one time. And, and got people to come. God, I was just moving in the spirit, and God spoke to me about scolding. Start to drop a download of some scriptures on it. I got people up, and they were absolutely screaming as the the with the wounds and the pain, and as the demons came out of them, because when a person abuses another one by putting them down by speaking words, they unleash a spirit of murder against them. They unleash a spirit of murder because the Bible says there's death and life in the power of the tongue. So people can unleash a spirit of murder. They can unleash a spirit of life. We're called to bring life. We're called to prophesy. We're called to speak creatively. We're called to build. We're called to lift people up, you see. But you see, the devil wants to use your tongue to create something different. And so you will create around your life your own atmosphere you live in, and you'll be in the atmosphere out. So you're either going to be under that thing or over it. And it just, you've got to decide whether you rise up and deal with the put-downs. And so put-downs that the devil brings against us, we need to recognize them and resist them. Put-downs that people bring against us, we need to learn how to handle them. I'll show you in a moment what to do. And then there's another kind of put-down, and that's the ones uh, which come about because we think negatively about ourselves. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So the way you think about yourself, how do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? Now, I'll give you an example of it. Jeremiah had a visitation of the Spirit of God. Wonderful thing to have a visitation of God. And God begins to speak to him. And lo and behold, God begins to say good things. And this is what God said to him. He said, Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I ordained and prepared you would be a prophet to nations. So God's plans are always good for us, aren't they? But you know what his response was? He echoed what was in his heart. What did he echo what was in his heart? I, I, I'm only a child. I'm only young. I'm too young for this stuff. And this is what God said to him. He said, don't talk like that. He stopped him giving voice to attitudes and a mindset inside that would stop him totally fulfilling the call of God. In other words, inside him, in his heart, in his inner life, he had issues about his youth. 
when God spoke to Gideon. Gideon, you mighty man of valor. He said, what, me? I'm the youngest in the family. Gideon, you will deliver this nation. Now, God is speaking his will, his purpose, which he will empower to take place. Gideon is reflecting what he really thinks. And he's reflecting his put-downs. Oh, we're the smallest tribe. You know, how can any good come out of this? You know, I'm the lowest in the family. Notice that's all about who I am. And God just ignored it completely and kept going down the line, declaring until in the end he yielded, and he actually aligned his internal thinking and agreed with what God said about him. Don't you think it's time that you aligned your thinking inside about what God says about you? Are you an echo of what the devil is saying? You know what an echo is? Hello? Yeah. Hello, 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 hello. You get in one of these big uh, valleys and you... Yell out of a big K. Hello? Hello, 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 hello. That's the echo. Now listen, listen. Let me ask you this question. Are you an echo of what the devil has been saying about you? Are you an echo of what your family have been saying about you? Are you an echo of what your teachers have been saying about you? Are you just an echo repeating the put-downs that someone else put into your life? Or are you a voice that comes from hearing what God says and saying things that determine your destiny? An echo or a voice? To be a voice, you've got to hear God personally. Jesus said, uh, Matthew 4, 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that God is speaking. The revelatory words of God is how we live our life. So are you living by echo, by what others have said about you, by the voice of your experience, the voice of your circumstance, the voice of your feelings, the voice of your father who's long died, but told you an idiot, you'd never get anywhere, the voice of a teacher said you're a fool, you'll fail, you'll never go anywhere. What are you living by? Or are you living by the words that God says? You are my son, my daughter, created in my image, designed to reflect uniquely what I'm like. I got good things for you. What are you living by? Well, if we were to listen to you talk, we'll know what you're living by. Now, you have to decide whether you'll be an echo or a voice, whether you're going to echo the put-downs of the world or whether you'll listen to what God says and start to speak that and think that and agree with that. We choose what we agree with. Now, of course, it's easy to agree with the put-downs. Ah, no good. (laughs) See, we tend to listen to the put-downs and agree with them. And see, we've got to stop doing that. Now, let me just show you what happens in impact. The impact on your life when people put you down. Now, it can be all kinds of places people put us down, but there are certain things happen when we live in a family environment of put-downs. Sometimes it's uh, the brothers, there's one girl in the family and all the brothers gang up on the guy. Sometimes it's one guy and all the girls gang up on the guy. And uh, sometimes it's the dad puts down the woman. Sometimes it's the mum puts down the men. It's through life. This is wherever we go, we're going to find it. But it will impact you. And the thing is for you to find out, well, have I been impacted by some of these put-downs? Have I come into agreement with it? And am I echoing it? Or am I listening to what God says about me? See, so the kinds of things that can happen is, number one, your spirit gets wounded when people put you down. Because they release a spirit of murder against you, you can be wounded deeply in your spirit and need to be healed. A broken spirit causes sickness in your body. So when people have been put down, often they become vulnerable to sickness because their words The words have wounded their spirit. So sometimes you find people have been deeply wounded by being put down, abused in life, 
they actually end up very sick. Here's the second thing is shame. Shame comes on people because the essence of a put-down is your identity is attacked and you are made to feel and believe I'm useless, I'm no good, I'm a failure, I'm a nothing, I'm of no value, I don't even belong here. I, I, I. Message of shame is something is wrong with me. And so the devil wants to shame you continually. People may shame you. They may not even know that they're doing it. So the third thing that uh, when, when we get put down is it shuts down your giftings. Now listen, you've got to understand this. You have giftings inside you. You have giftings which are an answer to problems in life. You have giftings to help people. You have giftings to express how God has made you unique. But listen, if you are echoing shame and put down, you'll never release your gifts. See, when, when Jesus came, he was full of giftings, full of anointing, full of the presence and power of God. They just said, oh, this is nothing. This is just a carpenter, you know. What the heck could he do? You see, so in other words, they put him down. And when they put him down, they shut his gifts down. No gifts operated. Do not mistake this kind of thing really affects how you operate and how you live your life. Now, just even that one scripture alone would tell you, if the friends around you are put down people, you need to change your friends. You can't thrive in that kind of poisonous, sick environment. You have to separate from it. You can't, no plant grows in a poisonous, polluted environment, and you can't grow thoroughly and properly to your full potential if you're surrounded by people that keep knocking and put the knockers. You know, they put people down. I've even had to withdraw from some pastors who've got this in them. First, I spoke to them about it two or three times, then I withdrew from them. I just don't want to be in an environment where people are pulling down anyone else. I don't want to be in an environment where people are scorning anyone else. The moment it starts, I get uncomfortable and I'm about to leave. I just am not going to live in that environment anymore. I live with enough of it growing up and I've, I've made resolution inside to step out of any environment where there's a knocking, shaming, putting down spirit. Either rebuke it and stand up and confront it or withdraw from it completely, but not live in it where it starts to rob and ebb your strength and life. You've got to do something about this thing. And see, and we've, got to, we've got to really make a decision. I'm not going to be put down. I'm going to rise up to my full potential. See? It causes a loss of initiative and motivation to excel. So when you're in an environment of put down, you, you actually lose initiative. You, can't, you, you lose energy to get up and do things, and you don't even want to try. And, and, and not only that, you don't excel. Now, you'd be amazed how much criticism comes when you try to do something great for God. You'd be amazed how people will knock you know, money spent on a sound system, not money spent on doing a building up, money spent on making things excellent for God. I can only assume that's because in their mind, they think you give God your crap and your leftovers. I don't think that. I think we give God our very best. I think we give Him our best. And when you give Him our best, we honor Him for who He is. You don't give God your second hands and your leftovers. But you see, there's a mentality that gets like that. When we first came here into the city, you know, my first, my first welcome from a pastor yeah, you'll never last here more than six months. I said, thank you very much. We'll see. We'll see. It wasn't my idea to come here anyway. I never wanted to come here. God told me to come, so I expect he'll do something to help me. Within a year and a half, he was gone. He never joined the knockers. Never joined the scorners. You know, you want to walk with God. You want to be blessed in your life. 
You know, he says, the Bible says, blesses the man who doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't sit with people who are mockers and scorners and put us down. Young people, you've got to really make a stand on this one here. Become, choose you're going to be a builder of lives, not a tearer down. See? Just, you're not going to tear people down. You're going to build people up. I tell you what, you'll guarantee you'll become a leader. You'll guarantee you'll have genuine, authentic friends. And you'll also guarantee you'll experience a lot more put-downs. Because there's something about doing that that really gets people upset and wound up. They just can't help it. They must do something. Even Saul, when he saw that people were complimenting David, had to put David down. Eh? It's, it's just part of life. Eh? See? And so the thing is, we, uh, the other thing it does, it causes us to begin to believe the things we hear. We begin to form beliefs inside ourselves. So when we live in a put-down environment, there's a lot of put-downs coming. It can be just a father who's a perfectionist. And nothing you do is good enough. So after a little while... No matter how hard you try, it's never good enough. So you're totally put down. And what happens? You lose initiative and you become... And when people get like that and they start to agree, well, I'm no good, I can never do anything right or whatever, what happens then is then you become angry and rejected and distressed and, and, and down. It, you, spirits come around your life and they rob your potential. So we can't afford to agree with those things. So how can I get out of it? How can I get out of it? See, I have to get out of it. See, there are... There are two lots of put-downs I've got to get out of. One, the ones that are outside me, the ones outside me can never really destroy me. Anything outside me, I can actually confront and deal with or use it as a stepping stone to grow. There is no put-down outside you that has the power to defeat you until you agree with it. The moment you agree with the put-down, then... Demons come upon your life, and then it begins to reinforce in your heart, and then it begins to become effective in your life. So what do you do if you're in an environment where you're being put down? Whether it be a home environment, whether it be a school environment, a work environment, whatever kind of environment. Listen, we can't always change the environment completely. We can't have a huge, we can do some things. Here's some things you can do. And you've got to work out and let the Holy Ghost show you what to do. We need wisdom from God what to do. But there is no put-down environment that can destroy your potential. It can make it hard for you. It can make it challenging for you. It can make it very difficult for you. It can make it very painful for you. But what you do is what will determine what happens. I'll give you an example. David was in an environment where he was continually put down, but he learned to strengthen himself in the Lord. Jephthah was in an environment where everyone put him down because he was a half-breed, illegitimate son of a prostitute. Everyone put him down, but he became the one God used to change a nation. He was in an environment where he was put down. The Bible says he fled. So one option, you leave the environment. You say goodbye and you're off. You change friends. Change the circle of people you connect with. Shut it off. Say no to it. Cut it off. And so it would help if you're going to move in this area of beginning to start to grow on the inside so we can be who God called us to be and be unashamed. It would help if you got rid of all negative, scorning, mocking, belittling stuff that you're exposed to. First place would be TV, newspapers, magazines, any kind of junk stuff. Cut it out, cut it off, and begin to start to change what you're doing with your life. Then evaluate the people around you. If they're knocking you down and putting you down, number one, can you shift out of that environment, just have another group of friends, or cut down the time of exposure to them? If you can't do that, then you may be able to actually speak to them about it. Sometimes we can talk to people and just challenge it. 
And it's not always possible to do that, but many times you can just challenge it. And you'll find when you challenge it, then the full hate of it will manifest. You'll no doubt then it's a spirit of murder. Absolutely. You start to speak about someone who's putting you down, you'll then find out what's in them. That's good, you see. So you've got no illusions. That person you're trying to seek their approval and friendship, and all they've got is a spirit of murder that puts down, they're not a suitable friend. They're not a friend. They're not going to help you forward in life. Okay? So you've got to sometimes make some shifts and changes. I've done it. I've deliberately disconnected from people that I would share with and talk with who were scorners and putters down. I just am so irritated by it now. Five minutes in it, I'm, up, I'm getting fidgety. I'm literally getting fidgety, and I've got to, I just want to walk. And most times I'll say something. I say, I'm not comfortable with us talking like this. I think we should be speaking things that build people, not tear them down. But sometimes they've just spoken out. That's, that's a very mild challenge, but it often will challenge people. And that's often enough. Sometimes you actually just have to stay in it. Sometimes you may be in a home environment that's like that. You can't get out of it. And what you need to do then is get, ask God to give you grace how to stand up in the middle of it. Get some friends to support you and learn how to stand up and forgive and bless those who are cursing you. Because make no doubt about it, they are cursing you. People who put you down are releasing a spirit of murder and cursing you. You have to do something with curses. Forgive and bless, release it, pray for them, and begin to fill your life with what God says about you. Remember, if you're in an environment which is polluted, poisonous, choking you, putting you down emotionally and spiritually, you must create your own zone or space and place where you are lifted up and built up. You can't just do that on a Sunday. You have to build your own life and environment. Sometimes if it's in a home situation, the place to it's in your bedroom. You can have worship music playing. You can begin to uh, get tapes playing. You listen to things that will lift you and build you, and you consciously work to actually have an environment that supports you, including some friends that will support you and believe in you and speak into you. Get an idea? Okay, so the things outside you can be a stepping stone to get you where God wants you. You know why? Because in the midst of a put-down environment, when you can't get out of it, can't change it, can't do anything, there's only one place you can go, you've got to go to God. And when you go to God, and then you, instead of complaining about the environment, you ask God for grace, and you begin to draw your light from Him, you begin to let your roots go into Him, you find the very environment sent to destroy you gets you growing deeper in God, and gets you to grow up, so you become strong. Joseph was in an environment where he was put down continually, hostile words, he was betrayed, he was treated unjustly, falsely accused of rape, put in jail, put down in jail. No matter where he was, he was put down. But you know what? He kept popping up. And how come he popped up? How come he just whooshed up to the top like a cork that someone's pushed down into the water? You try and get a ball a decent-sized ball, and you hold that thing and push it down in the water. You cannot hold it down for long. The moment you let it go, whoosh, it comes again. Now, you see, it does it because it's got something. It's got a buoyancy. There's, there's a pressure. The very environment you're trying to smother it in now pops it up. And so we can do that in God. But we've got to train ourselves to deal with what's going on on the inside of us.
So, number one, the things outside can actually serve God's purpose. David said, well, you guys all sent you, you all hated me and sent me away here and put me down, but God sent me. It wasn't you, God sent me. God used all of this to get me where he wanted me to get. Now I'm in a position to help you. Remember I had that dream and you put me down? God used it to get me here. See, so God can use the put-downs to get you where he wants to get you and put into your life what he wants to put in there. But you've got to decide. Okay, here's the, here's the, here's the last one. Now, the last thing is it's not the put-downs so much outside you. It's the ones inside you that are the problem. If you have come into agreement in your heart with a put-down message, in other words, your thoughts echo put-downs. Now, everywhere you go in life, you'll misinterpret everything. You'll see everything as a put-down. People will say things, and you misread what they're saying. You interpret it as a put-down. You get angry. Uh, people try and come and adjust you or speak into you or bring correction. You get angry and resentful. You take it as a put-down. It isn't that at all. Innocent things are taken as a put-down. You go there, and you look around, and all you can feel is everywhere you go, it feels like you've been put down because something in you is resonating. You've come into agreement with put down. I'm no good. I'm no good. I'm no good. Oh, I'm no good. Oh, I'm no good. It's like having red glasses. Everywhere you look, it's red. See, so you have to actually deal with the inner things in the heart. Now, let me just give you some simple steps. I won't develop them. There's some things which you can do right now, and there's other things you can't. You've got to make it a part of your life. So let me give you quickly the things you can do that will help you get out of the, the put-down place, out of the echo within. If you don't silence that echo within, you will stay below your potential in Christ. But if you can silence the echo so that whatever people say or whatever do, they do, and I don't care about that. I know what God's put in me. i got a dream. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do just what God told me to do. You can't do that, they say. Oh, you watch me. Yeah, just watch me. See, Nehemiah, they said, come on down, talk and reason with us. They said, no, I've got a big dream in here. I'm fulfill my dream. I'm much too busy to come down and reason and talk and argue with unbelievers and scoffers. I'm focused on a vision and a dream that God has given me. There's no way I'm being diverted and dissected. See, you've got to think that way. Okay then, so what are we going to do with the things that are inside us? Well, there's a few things you've got to do. First thing is, I believe you've got to come to a source. If you don't come to Christ, the source of life, you can hardly ever get over your put-downs. What you can do is read a lot of motivational books and get some good positive motivational messages, and they will help, but they won't deal with the core issue, which is sin. They won't deal with the thing you do need, which is to be grafted in to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, a royal family, and become a royal person. That's what you need, become a royal person. A royal person. Royalty. Ah! Something of heaven inside me. I'm grafted into the winner. Man, the devil threw everything at Jesus and he won it all. And he's in me. Oh, I'm a winner. i got to be a winner with that kind of spirit in me. See? So first I've got to be joined and grafted to him. So I've got to choose to believe that God is good and get connected to him. That'd be the beginning. Because if you don't have a source of something to lift you up, God is always lifting us up. God is always building us up. God is always, and even if he puts his finger on something in your life, it's so he can get rid of the junk, cut the rust out so you can be built up and become strong again. So every now and then, you've got to turn up for the, to the Holy Ghost panel beaters. You know, we've had a few accidents. We had a few funny old cars in our time, and uh, some of them had rust in them. Some of them had, I had one car there, and everyone in the family had vented one of the 
dented one of the panels. There were dents in every panel. And once a year, we've taken into the panel beater. The little brown poo, they used to call it. It was a brown Mitsubishi Mirage. And it had dents all over it. Front, back, left, right. Even the boarder borrowed it one night, and he was driving down the road, and a dog ran in front of him, and he dented the front of it. It just seemed to have sort of something about that car, you know. I remember, remember shifting it one time. It seemed to be, in there and I was in the way, and it shifted it, and I forgot I'd shifted it, and hopped into my car, and I drove back and, and ran into it, and I dented it as well. So everyone dented it. I tried not to tell anyone, but I came home. The kids had all talked. They all asked, who dented the car? And they came to the conclusion it was only one person possible. I walked in, they'll point the finger. <laughs> it was me! So we get in the panel beaters. The panel beaters, once a year, they knock out all the panels, cut out the rust, put in the good spots, ready to go again. And that's sometimes what we're going to do, get with the Holy Ghost, let them knock out the dents and get them get the rust, cut the rust out. It's not very nice to cut the rust out, but let him cut the rust out. If you've got some bad stuff going around your mind, let the Holy Ghost cut it out. Let me give you the keys to it now. Number one, you've got to recognize your stinking thinking. You've got to recognize how you see yourself. You've got to recognize those thoughts. What is it you're saying or echoing inside? Number two, you need to forgive and bless the people that have spoken those words over your life. Consciously, we need to forgive them. They may have heard us. We need to consciously forgive and release them. If you don't, you remain locked into their sin. You can't get out of that stinking thinking and put down. It just keeps you there. And then we need to repent. We need to break the agreement with it. I need to change my agreement with put downs. I'm not a failure. I'm not nobody. See, that hurts people to believe that. See, we're somebody that God made in His image and likeness. I'm a, one on the way to completion. See, so I've got to break the agreement with shame and negative belief. Got to break it. In Jesus' name, I reject that old thinking. I reject those lies. I don't know how I've ever put up with them. I'm rejecting those things in Jesus' name. I cancel that thing now. I will not echo it. See? So I need to do that. Sometimes we need to grieve over and bring to the Lord the grief we've had of being put down. Being put down hurts. Hurts bad. And sometimes there's just a part where we've got to take the grief Come into the presence of God and remember what happened. Remember how we felt and connect with how we really feel about those put downs. Let it go to the Lord. Just weep. Just let it go. And so those kinds of things we can, uh, we can do. You can do that in one evening. You do it one session, one encounter with the Lord. You can do that. See? Believing God's best, connecting with Him, choosing to identify what you're in agreement with and, and, and cancel that agreement with that demon, cancel that agreement with that thought. Forgive and release the person. Let the grief go to the Lord. You can do all of that in one moment. One, one encounter with God can actually deal with that. But then there's another part, and it's this part that you've got to really embrace. It's the rebuilding of how you think. And it's very, very simple. You know, Jesus made it very clear. The words I speak are spirit and life. You've got to let God start to talk to you. You've got to get God's words. Now, they can come direct through encounter, but for most of us, they'll come through reading the Word of God and meditating it. So some things you can do with these. Let me just give them to you quickly. The first thing you can do is begin to just take some Scriptures and begin to meditate on them and confess them. Make them personal. Say, I'm made in the image of God. I'm loved by God. I'm fully embraced. I begin to meditate. Picture it. See it. I'm of great value to God. Begin to personalize it. Begin to confess it daily. Say, Fast off the negative stuff. Just cut it all out for a season while you reestablish good thinking in, inside. Eh? 
See, catch the negative thoughts when they start to come. Sometimes you get knocked or get down, you get on a, an old negative pattern. Stop it quick. Just stop it. Pull yourself up. Stop going there. Redirect your attention somewhere else. It's, it's actually quite an aggressive thing to catch your eye. And then the other things you can do is constantly express gratitude and praise to the Lord. Now, I'll tell you why. Because the Bible tells us very clearly that when we praise God, when we begin to speak out of His goodness, then we silence the accuser. In other words, demonic spirits invading your life and accusing you, you can directly rebuke them or you can literally silence them by choosing to acknowledge the goodness of God. A second thing that praise and thanksgiving does is this. It let us magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. So God becomes bigger in your life as you become very grateful for what you have instead of focusing on what you don't have. What you don't have is only for a season. Then that season changes. See, another thing you can do is when we praise the Lord is we create an environment and atmosphere where His presence is around us and we're hearing His words. So I have to create atmosphere around my life. And I do it by consciously choosing what I'll set my mind on and diligently working on my thought and belief system. Now, most people aren't willing to do that. They kind of want a quick fix. But that's where the key really lies. It's in the process of shifting how I think until I'm in agreement with what God says and catching yourself at it. You could become accountable to someone. Anytime you hear me running myself down or running anyone else down, stop me immediately. It's so addictive, this behavior. And the moment you start to make a stand against it and you say, no more put-downs. I will not live in a put-down environment anymore. I will create the environment of my own life that nurtures vitality and health. I will begin to catch these negative thoughts and stop them in the moment. I will meditate and fix my mind every day on what God is saying about me. I will let the Spirit of God come around my life as I worship and thank Him and meditate and dwell in His presence. I will consciously shift what is inside me. I'll no longer be an echo of negativity and put down. I will be a voice of the power of God to change a person's life. Now, no one can make that for you. And the challenge for you is this. Let me ask you this. How many people know that it's an issue in your life of agreeing with and allowing put-downs to rest on you? How many know that's an issue? Just put your hand up. Just, just identify. See how it's widespread. See, it's wider spread than you thought. And the reason it's so widespread is because within you is the potential to change your community. The devil's got to target you. He's got to put you down. Because if he can get you to agree with it, you can never stand up and say, oh, something. And that's what he wants to stop you. Put downs mean you carry yourself like this. I've seen in some cultures and you watch people like, you know what they're wearing? I'm wearing a shirt right now. That's wearing shame and put down. It is so visible on some people. You can literally see it on them. They walk down. You can see the put down all over them. Don't wear that spirit. There's another spirit called the Spirit of God 
God has got the garment of praise and the spirit of heaviness. You've got to decide and put on another spirit. Oh, yes. I confront that kind of thinking, change what I believe, and begin to start to speak and declare, oh, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice today. Now, young people, you need to do something. Break out of all of that stuff. Be different. Don't follow the crowd. You want to live in depression? Oh, enjoy your misery. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. I was there. I used to be there for long periods of time, but no more. You choose what spirit you wear. Why don't you put on the garment of glory? Put on the spirit of God. Put on a garment of praise. Begin to be a different kind of person. Make a difference instead of coming under that thing. Stand up and say, whoa, well, God put me in the school to make a difference. How am I going to go about doing it? God put me in the street to make a difference. How can I do it? God has put me in this community to make a difference. How can I do it? How can I be all that God wants me to be? That's what you've got to do. And if we can start to do that, you know what will happen? Everything will change. When you stop echoing the negatives and put-downs and give voice to what God says, creative miracles happen. You begin, the Bible says in, in, in Job, you will decree a thing and it will happen. That's what I like. But you've got to change on the inside. Change on the inside. Come on, young people. Community you live in, the school you live in, the young people you're with all want to put you down. And when they've got you down, they'll offer a comfort, a way out. Call drugs or sex or all kinds of stuff. It's anything to feel better. You look at all the young ones you know around you that are into that scene. All of them have got the same thing. They carry a put down. And they don't know what to do with it. Because they don't know what to do with it. They've got to make themselves feel better. So they drink till they chuck. They do weird stuff to show off. And all of it's because they're put down on the inside. They're wearing something. They're wearing a garment. Oh, they look cool. They talk bravado. But inside there's broken people wearing a garment of shame and trying to feel better. You've got what it takes you just got to lay hold of it and say, I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to live ashamed of being a Christian. i got the answers for them. There's an authority in me to cast the demons out that torment that person. I'm connected to the one who gives eternal life. We're not talking about being geeky here. We're talking about actually being bold. See? Being bold. And you got to be bold. The only way you can be bold is if you shake off the put-downs. Know who you are. Who are you? See, some of you, you're artists, you're creative, some of you musicians, some of you have got great gifts and abilities. You've just got to stand up and be who God called you to be. Don't copy someone else. How can you be them? God threw away the mole when he made them. You've got to be you. You've got to be you. You can accept you. You know, an interesting thing, we've got a room in there. It's a good room. It's called a mirror room. Kids love it. They go in there. Adults go in there, open the door, take one look, ah, a mirror, and out. You would be amazed how many adults run from the dreaded mirror room. Why do they run? I'll tell you why they run. Because they see themselves. 
and don't like what they see. You should be able to look in the mirror and say, oh, they're beautiful. Made in the image of God. Full of glory. Today's another great day for us. Come on. The reason you can't do it is because you've got issues. Time to chuck the issues. Stop being in agreement with them. Cancel them until you can stand up in who you are. Be a beautiful person. A wonderful gift to the community. A wonderful expression of God's uniqueness in you.